Have you ever dreamt of conjuring your own unique universe? What if you could use the magic of CGI to build your dream landscapes, populate them with extraordinary characters, and write your own rules of physics? Intrigued? Get ready to enter the limitless world of your imagination. Join us now in episode 2325 when your hosts Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will answer the fascinating question, how can I create my own CGI world? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. And if you're new to our podcast, uh, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, in today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at our website, thecgbros.com. This question is from Quint R. from Seattle, Washington, and Quint asks the CG Bros, how can I create my own CGI world? My name is Bill Johnston, and I'm a veteran in the gaming world, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital effects for a couple decades now. Time flies when you're having fun, isn't it, bro? <laughs> yeah, it does. It definitely does. I'm uh, Sean Johnson, his brother, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry as well, with uh, over 28 years of experience. And today I'm a full-time principal animator for a video game company in San Diego. Having a great time, by the way. Um, you know what? Have you ever wondered uh, how these breathtaking digital environments are created? Uh, well, you're in the right place uh, because today's podcast, in addition to his question, Quint, we're going to discuss uh, how 3D worlds are made, but more specifically how digital environments are constructed. And, and you know what? You might be surprised that it's not as hard as you might think. We'll be exploring the specific steps and little-known techniques involved in crafting both stylized and realistic digital environments for uh, use in video games and movies and virtual reality experiences. Also, be sure to stay to the end. We'll be sharing some... Actually, we're going to be sharing some um, testimonials today. But as well as maybe some tips and some insights uh, for and some tools uh, that uh, that not only professionals are using, but uh, you can use uh, to create your own digital world, Squint. Yeah. Thanks for asking thanks that again. question. Oh yeah, I was going to say uh, uh, we appreciate uh, all the questions we get at the at uh, CG Bros. Uh, you know, in the world of video games and movies, Sean, we we tend to focus mainly on the characters and their stories, but you know, characters need a place to run around, to exist, to live. Uh, these places are critical uh, to keeping the characters grounded, no pun intended. Uh, and the digital environments play a, crucial, <laughs> play, a, play a crucial role in uh, you know, the setting that, that, that tells the characters a story. So um, they're really important and they allow for, you know, when they're done properly, a, a full immersion uh, for the audience and the players. You know, whether it's you know, creating thick, lush forests or sprawling cities or alien planets. Uh, we're going to show you some of that stuff that's being created these days. Uh, they set the stage for for the, the epic adventures that we uh, that we you know like to like to watch. And uh, there's just so many things that go into creating these landscapes as well, from you know modeling creation and animation of natural phenomenon and setting up the lighting. Uh, but we'll be talking about those and highlighting some of the software tools that you can use uh, towards the end of the podcast. Uh, They're commonly used to to create these things, even by the professionals. Uh, and a lot of these professional tools are available to, to us as common lay folk uh, in the fan community. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yes, and I just ordered um, a button from Amazon uh, that's, that's the button that says Make CGI Environment button. Did you get yours? The, the, no, they're too expensive for me. No, the, you got to get the cheap one. You got to get the cheap one. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. Uh, well, yeah, of course we can't, I wish there was a button that would do that. Same with animation sometimes. Uh, but I do, I, I do love, um, the, the pain and, and, you know, the hurdles of, of, uh, animation as well and solving those problems, uh, and being creative too, at the same time. That's, that's part of the beauty of, of being in the CGI VFX, uh, video games, films, uh, industry as a creator. Uh, those, those challenges are, it's almost like, uh, I think I told the story before where my wife asks me, hey, am I actually having, am I playing or am I actually working? And sometimes I'd have to tell you, I, I, there, is, um, there is kind of a, a fuzzy uh, blurred line there. Um, I, I really am having a great time. It feels like I'm playing when I'm actually working. So uh, if you would like to do the same thing and this is something that you would like to get into, there's so many different aspects uh, that you can get into. And, and today, the CG environments, uh, if you want to start working on getting, uh, making those yourself, and, and it's interesting, uh, you really have to kind of start defining your concept and begin by brainstorming that to begin with. If you'd like to, uh, you know, start to, start to get the ideas, get, you, know, you know, brainstorm yourself um, and then start learning the tools. Um, you have to, de- if you want to do, a, you know, develop a story or a narrative, um, if uh, create some concept st- sketches or use some of the AI concept uh, generators to get your your brainstorming uh, going, and then you can start writing down your ideas, and then it, uh, use those ideas to because even though you're you're um, you want it, so when he when when Quinn asks that question, he wants a, a world. Um, I'm I'm assuming by that question he wants everything, according like you said, the environment, characters, moving animation, visual effects everything you'd see in a, in a, in a world, uh, that you've created yourself. So, uh, uh, you want to add anything to that? No, that, that's well, I mean, yeah, it's all encompassing. I mean, there's so many things that go into creating the world. I mean, you've got foliage systems that animate, you know, the, the, the vegetation and stuff. You've got sun systems that control the lighting. Uh, you've got, like you said, VFX, you've got atmosphere and, and volumetrics. There's so many different things that, you know, cloud cloud formations that, that, that need to animate. There's so many different things that go into creating a 3D environment. And whether you're working on a video game or, or an animated film or even some kind of virtual reality experience, you know, as you mentioned, you know, brainstorming is key and, and, and having this, the basic skill set to do that. And, that. and that is actually, you know, most of the way there. I mean, once, you, once you've kind of, uh, you know, got an idea of what it is that you'd like to be creating, it's really great, at least for me, I mean, to have solid reference material, even if it's a stylized, you know, whatever it is you're, you're looking to create. If you have some references, whether, you know, it's it's a concept artist, you know, creating it for you or or you just go out and get some 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 reference material you know reference material for the environments you're trying to create um you know that that's really a uh, uh, key i think uh and it, it, once you and when you collect that stuff you're gathering inspiration and exactly and looking at see, seeing how things are supposed to look so uh you know if they don't exist of course that's where the concept art comes in but it, it's crucial I, in my opinion to have those kind of uh references available so that you know where to start off especially if you're you know you're just trying to you know starting out uh you know it's hard to just create something out of your mind yes well i mean that that's kind of what we had reference materials we had comic books growing up and that's where a lot of our our imagination and inspiration came from were, were comic books and of course the movies that we grew up with as well but uh in addition to what you're saying i think that there's also um the, the reference you need to study lighting um, and how you know lighting sets the mood enhances uh, you know the visual appeal of, of any CGI computer generated uh, world that you want to create 
you know, experiment with different lighting setups and shadows. And um, there's a lot of there's a lot to understand in rendering. Um, and if you look at bad CGI, you can see how a lot of uh, we've talked about it in the past uh, where you have you don't have light passing through the skin, bouncing off uh, and scattering throughout your your flesh. Uh, you'll see a lot of that bad CGI where you're not seeing that. And so it looks off. The, the lighting looks bad. The, the shadows look bad. You, the, the, the inside the mouth is actually glowing. You can see everything instead of being dark. Uh, you can, there's certain, uh, you know, telltale, uh, you know, reference points where you can look at things and go, okay, uh, I, or even if you're not trained to see it, cause we see stuff all the time. It's some, you know, Bill and I will go to a movie and, and we kind of tear, tear it apart because we're looking at all these things that are glaring to us. And then your average person may not necessarily know what those particular things are and point them out, but they'll know something's wrong. And so those are the things that uh, if we can point those things out, in fact, we, we probably are, we're going to do a podcast on what you, what you can look for and what, uh, uh, about, you know, what, what's good CGI versus not good CGI and where it, where it fits perfectly and is seamless versus not being seamless. But anyway, uh, to, not to belabor that, but you know, animation rigging, uh, rigging your character, bringing your characters to life, uh, and objects and, so learning about those things is good, even even though you're you want to do you want to bring this world to, to life. Those are the things you're going to want to do. Uh, you're going to want to have some type of character. I mean, wh- what's your story? It's not just going to be an environment. Um, I, and like, I guess unless you're doing if you're doing architectural stuff, and that's kind of where you want to go, then maybe you don't want any characters in there. Maybe you want somebody static just sitting around. You're just kind of doing fly flybys through the scenes. That might be something you may want to do. So yeah, and that's why you need need good reference because I mean, if you, architectural uh, you know structures are are you know have a have a look to them and they're, and they're they're constructed a certain way, and and you want to be I think for me anyway when I'm when I'm creating these kind of things I, I like consistency throughout my environment and so you know and and to your point about lighting. Um, you know, the lighting creates the moods and there's different temperatures of light and, you know, sh- the different balance between light and shadow because you can't see anything without light, right? I mean, it's pitch black. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a key key point and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and, and so there's the other thing is there's so many details in an environment. Like if you were to go out and, you know, observe the real world, natural world, you'll see, I mean, there's infinite levels of detail. And so, you know, you don't have to, you know, create all that detail, but, you know, if you're if you're trying to create an environment and that that supports the storyline, I mean, there's different levels of detail, of course. Like if you're creating an environment, say for you know Shrek or or some of these more stylized uh, CGI films that we talked about in our last podcast, um, you know, you can get away with a lot less detail. But if you're trying to create some you know more realistic world, uh, these these digital environments have to contain a lot of detail, and that's where the reference material really comes in because you really get to see a lot of that detail and, and photographs and stuff like that. And that, that helps, that really helps your world come alive. You know, if you can provide that. Right. And, and we've talked about realism versus, um, stylized in our last, last podcast. It's like, do you want to have a stylized environment? Um, or do you want like cartoony or do you want it to be, you know, with a, you know, crazy, uh, shapes that are not consistent with, you know, that are very, or, or abstract, you know, let's say that, or, or just very, uh, caricatured, uh, you know, not just the characters, but the actual buildings themselves and things like that. So you, those are the things you want to think about. And then you also want to, uh, basically learn from, if you don't know these things, you can, you can learn from tutorials online. They're just, there's just so much online now, uh, resource wise that you can take advantage of 
I mean, there's, there's tutorials, there's forums, there's educational platforms. And if you'd like to, you know, get into it, uh, and, and do a formal education, there's, there's a ton of it out there as well. There's Nomon school. There's, we've mentioned, we have a podcast on some of the, the online schools that you can take as well, but there's a lot, there's a lot for, for, um, and I think, you know, going back, I mean, environments to me was kind of like the first thing we did when we were, we first learned about 3d bill was like, that's what we, that's what we did. I mean, it was, no one was doing characters at that time because they didn't have all the, the, um, uh, the software that was allowing you to deform your characters in a realistic way back in the day. It was, they're all segmented characters and it was terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the first programs I remember, and you probably remember this program, was Vista Pro, uh, creating some of those uh, fly-throughs of Vista Pro. And they were, they were generated by you know, fractalized landscapes. Uh, and that, that was amazing at the time. It took forever, though, because uh, for some reason it, it drew from front to back. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was interesting how it did that, um, the fractal landscapes. Um, but yeah, I agree. Vista Pro, when I first saw it, and I think we saw it at Computer City back in the day, and 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 or CompUSA back when that was still around. Uh, getting that that was that's right, Vista Pro. But then there was also Bryce. Bryce was another one that that started um, uh, rendering. You could just render things like water and um, and and sculpt. Uh, you know, basically um, cliffs and, and and hills and mountains and everything around water scenes. Um, and a lot of reflection and, and that, that was kind of a really cool, that was like the beginnings of, of really CGI stuff, um, you know, for environments. But now, I mean, I mean, you really could, I mean, and, and in fact, that was, there was fractal. So it was procedural, which basically means it's using mathematical formulas to generate, um, uh, basically the, the entire environment that you're seeing. A lot of it was taken from digital elevation um, mappings of, of the, uh, in the world, as well as some that they had of Mars. Um, Olympus Bonds, I believe, is one of the ones I did where I did a fly-through around that, and that was pretty cool. Nobody had seen anything like that when, when the Vista Pro came out. I remember that. That was a great, great program. Yes, and View, view 3D. I used to love View, view 3D uh, for creating those type of effects. And it was, But the thing that really lacked in that, that those kind of approaches uh, was you, could, you couldn't get any uh, overcroppings, you know, overhangs uh, or underhangs. You know, everything was kind of top down. Uh, you know, there were no, there, it, was, it was very limited to like mountain structures or hills or something like that. You couldn't have an outcropping that's where the higher part, you know, overstepped the lower part. Um, but I'm get, I'm probably getting into a little too much detail, but um, you know th- that that was not possible. But in today's tools, I mean, especially with the scanning capabilities uh, of scanners and and the libraries that are generated from that scanning, the photogrammetry, you create, yeah, you can do some just amazing stuff with that. Uh, and they've got a, they've got a lot of, of of those that you can you know pick up from the different different sources like. Uh, you know, what is it? Quixel, Quixel, Metascans. Well, you're talking about for Unreal. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now it's, uh, and I have some of that to show, but let me, let oh, me, excellent. let me go back to, you said, um, view, um, view is a really cool program. Uh, that, that program, in fact, I was talking about uh, landscapes, uh, digital elevation maps, things like that of, of what you're seeing here. This is actually produced in the, in the, um, the software and, They've actually also got things where you can generate trees and, and plants and things like that and actually do wind intensity. And this is for, um, you can use this in real time as well. Um, they've now, because of the game engines, like you mentioned, 
uh, you can export these things. It used to be software rendering or hardware rendering only. You just render one frame at a time. It wouldn't be in real time, but now you can do that. Um, there's also, here's a couple of images that are done with Vue. Uh, very, very beautiful program. Um, in fact, that particular, this program, Vue, you can actually get a free trial at their website. They've got a new one that just came out, Vue 2023. Uh, and it's basically the, the only environment package uh, that includes everything you need right out of the box from creating uh, beautiful CGI environments uh, where you can have um, anything from the clouds, the skies, volumetric clouds, actually, terrains. You can have an ecosystem, vegetation that's being windswept, uh, open-bodied waters, uh, roads and rocks, right out of the box. And so they've used this, actually, that software program has been used for Terminator Salvation, Pirates 2, Curious Case of uh, Benjamin Button, Sucker Punch, Kafu Panda, a bunch of, 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 of um, movies. And, of course, Terrigen, is one of my favorites too. That's that's a, another uh, software. It's free, but you, there's also a full version that's pro, which is five ninety nine. They use that in Mortal Engines, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Here's a couple more engine, uh, a couple more uh, graphics generated by Terrigen. Uh, it just the amount of uh, detail you can get there is just really neat, and you can you can run around, you can basically fly through it, around it, in it. The water looks really realistic, um, and that's more uh, been used on. Um, like I said, Avengers, Infinity War, a bunch of different uh, studios use this particular program, and you can use it too. You can just download and, and try it yourself. In fact, let me show you. That I didn't know this, but um, Terrigen was uh, used to do the, um, actually the opening of the 100th anniversary logo created with uh, uh, Terrigen for Paramount's 100th anniversary logo. Did you know this was using Terrigen right here? No. Yeah, beautiful where you see the, the stars come around the lake and go around and then the logo of Paramount and you go up to the Paramount, uh, uh, basically the, the, the uh, mountain in the very background. Such a beautiful scene. I love that. That was really, really yeah. neat. Yeah, when I, start, I started using Terrigen, gosh, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and the reason I, I, I went, uh, that I liked it so much was that you could create, like you said, realistic re water reflections. That was, that was key. I mean, there was not real, really any way to do that uh, prior to, to, to Terrigen. And uh, in particular uh, as well, uh, the volumetric clouds. You could create some just amazing clouds, uh, true volumetrics, um, uh, with beautiful god rays coming through them and uh, you know, some, some pretty sophisticated animation uh, as well. I mean, and the things that make clouds look real is, the, is how the light passes through them, uh, kind of similar to that you were talking about the skin and subsurface scattering. Uh, cloud formations is, is very similar to that. Now, atmospherics in, in general, really, and that's that's a huge part of creating your digital digital worlds is, is getting getting that the, the clouds and the atmosphere and the fog and the, the you know the particulate matter that tends to hang in 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 the air uh, over great distances and really render, you know getting that rendered properly is is is. Uh, is key to making your, you know, especially if you're doing something realistic, mm -hmm. is key to making those things look great. You can do that right out of the box. Um, and then and also, if, if you can use um, Vue for generating uh, buildings and things like that too. So they, this particular um, scene here, actually from Terminator Salvation, they used it to generate these buildings that were destroyed. And you can see it uh, in this scene here. Uh, and they just did a bunch of comping as well, you know, comp compositing with a bunch of backgrounds. And then, of course, the, the actual comp uh, comping of the character in here looking at the destroyed buildings uh, and, and Terminator um, Salvation. So 
there, those are the things you can do too. Not just not just trees and, and bushes and things, but you can also do buildings as well. And I know Houdini is probably uh, used a ton for things like that, isn't it, Bill? Well, yeah, for procedural uh, procedural model creation, it, it's it just it rocks. I mean, there's there's very few tools that that allow you to generate on the fly, and that's that's typically you know if you're doing more stylized stuff, uh, it, it really is helpful because you can just you know create well for anything really, uh, but um, you know it, it's a it's 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 the premier tool for doing uh, procedural based animation and modeling, uh, I should say. Yes, and and so procedurally, we we mentioned that as being a, like a mathematical model, but some of the some of the uh, uh, basically the benefits of using a procedural uh, versus doing it handcrafted yourself is the fact that it's non destructive. You can allows for modifications without starting from scratch. You know, it, that, that provides you flexibility and saves time. You can reuse it. You can turn those into um, basically tools that you can repeat. Multiple artists can be using the same, same assets you have. Um, just by randomly changing a seed value, um, it can change the whole look of things. Um, it, it basically, um, you know, you can, it's a large, instead of modeling everything by hand, really like in a gigantic city, you're using a procedural modeling to just, just basically populate the entire city out for you. Um, so there's a lot of time efficiency in that, uh, in that. So you don't have to spend a lot of time and money. Yeah. And, that, and typically when you're doing procedural environments, it's, it's, there, I find that at least in my experience that procedural proceduralism works best when it's used for creating more more realistic stuff. I, I I think I misspoke just earlier when I was talking about uh, stylized. You know, it's easier to create stylized stuff, but it's actually easier to create more, you know, more traditional, you know, re- realistic looking things. Just because we're used to seeing that, the the textures, uh, and that, it, it's a big time saver as far as texturing goes as well, uh, because you don't have to you know create each individual. I mean, st- stylized pieces. You know, unless you really work to create the procedural system, which it can be done. I mean, they do it all the time, especially for video games. Um, it's just, it takes a lot more work to create the stylized procedural rule set than it does for, for say, tr- more realistic buildings that we're used to seeing, uh, you know, in, in cities today. Plus, um, with the 4K, 8K, you know, 3K, 2K, whatever, uh, you're, you, you're getting up, then you can get, it's a lot of its resolution, well, I mean, it's resolution independent because it's using... Uh, procedural math to generate the the textures, and so you're you can zoom 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 super super close, and you're getting, um, you know, the, basically the resolution looks perfect as opposed to blurring out when we're used to use texture maps to to do that. You'd have to use high res texture maps in order to get that same visual fidelity. And now with procedurals, you can just kind of do it, um, you know, just with the click of a button. Um, so, um, you know, I wanted to show. Um, some of the stuff that uh, that we were looking at here is, and this is just this is where I think the future. I mean, we've talked about this. This is the future, it really is the game. The game engines are the future, in my opinion. For especially with the last podcast we did, where they're actually using it on some of the Star Wars movies now, where they're actually rendering in real time some characters. So you can do so much faster with the game engines, and the the quality level is getting so good that it's hard to, to see the difference uh, visually between what's generated in a game engine and what's in real life. Uh, it's, it's getting crazy, crazy good. This is yeah, uh, from the it. Matrix. You can actually go to Unreal Engine, download the engine for free. Don't download this, this, uh, this example city. 
they have a matrix city there you can just download and just look around and and and, and fly through it if you want it's just fa- fantastic yeah that's what i was going to say is they you can you can actually download entire environments for use in, in unreal engine and and uh, you know they i just want to mention also that you know procedural workflows and are, are especially valuable when it comes to creating vegetation uh, that's another strength that that procedural systems offer is you can you can create tons of leaves tons of detail you can a- animate that stuff it, it it's it's just amazing the the tool set and you're right gaming engines are are basically going to take over uh, and and they they run you know efficiently with these procedural tool sets. You basically set them up, and you can you can create all sorts of variation and, and uh, you know stylized stuff that's with right. them. And uh, that that's what makes it so powerful in my mind. Yes, and and they have um, what they call mega scans. Uh, Quixel, like you said, they have Bridge right now that that comes free with um, Unreal Engine five. You can go right in there, download these environments, download their their asset library that's that's got trees and plants and rocks and all sorts of things, and you can create your own worlds mm-hmm. uh, just doing that. Your own cities, your own your own CGI worlds using these mega scans libraries, and it's free. And you can also export that stuff to Maya because they have plugins that go back and forth, so you can go in and out of Maya, in and out uh, from Maya to Unreal, Unreal back to Maya. So there's there's plugins that allow you to do that. So, and, and you'll get stuff that looks that good right out of the box for free. That's, that's the beauty of, of Unreal, in my opinion. It's just, it's just a, a democratizer, like we've said, that, that uh, we've always wanted. Um, so, there you go. You can have buildings, and I mean, it just looks so photoreal, right? Yes, and you don't have to do photo real stuff. You can do stuff that's highly stylized as well, which we talked about. And, and Unreal isn't the only engine out there. I mean, you've got Unity, and, and there, there's other software. I mean, you, you, Maya's even starting to to uh, get into the into the procedural game. Um, and there's always, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, we talked about Houdini and Blender. You can you can do some great stuff in Blender, and um, you can. You know, just so I mean, the, the real main players I, th- I think are probably Unity and Unreal. Uh, with Unreal being the clear winner, and here you know the, you can do just just so many cool stylized things with it. Uh, you can do anything with it, which is really I think it's it's power. That's right. Here's the three trees. I think you're showing stylized. I'm doing the same thing. This three trees is just coming out right now. They they used Unreal to make this stylized version. It looks like an illustrated book, and they're using 3D assets that look like uh, actually illustrated. Uh, objects. It's just, you can fly through the entire world. Uh, just, just beautiful. Gosh, I wish we had more time to go through uh, more of the more of the the details. So, well, we'll just. I think every we say this every podcast. We we need to do it. You know, twice the time or twice the amount of podcasts. Or version two, uh, version three. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's time to uh, cover a couple of testimonials uh, that we received from some new media producers who have decided to uh, have us promote their uh, video work on our YouTube channel. And that's what we specialize in, our YouTube channel anyway. Um, the first comment is from uh, Dylan Donaldson. And uh, he says, to be alongside all the awesome shorts on your YouTube channel and to support the cool brothers is why I want my stuff on the CG Bros. Well, Dylan, uh, Thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. And we, we, we love showing, we love promoting uh, artists' work. And, uh, you know, the, the, it's just getting better and better. And so, you know, the more we can, you know, help support our fellow artists, the, the better we like it. Yes. And then the next one's um, for, from for Varad B. Um, I don't want to say the last name because I don't want to butcher it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. Okay, here's, here's the swing. Baham Burkader, Burdecker. 
Baham Burdecker, I think. I'm not sure. Varad, anyway. Uh, he says, uh, uh, we have a great platform to showcase uh, 3D work, and he would love to get the message of his film across to a wider audience. He has a film that's going on the channel called Birds of a Feather, uh, created at Ringling School, um, College of, uh, uh, Ringling, Ringling College uh, in, in um, um, Sarasota, Florida, I believe. Um, anyway, that Ringling College uh, School is, is an amazing uh, Hey, Bill, am I saying it right? Is it Ringling School or Ringling College? I can't remember. It always... I think it's Ringling, Ringling College of Art and Design. That's right. That's right. Pardon me. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's loosely inspired by true events uh, in a courtyard of an Indian palace. And uh, it's about peacocks and um, peahens come together to celebrate their love until one of the males has trouble displaying his affection. Anyway, so check it out on our channel. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. It's going to be up in the next day or two. Um, and yeah. Yes, and we'd like to thank you for being part of our podcast today. Uh, we really had a great time, at least partially answering Quinn's question. I, there's so much more we could cover. Uh, how can I create my own CGI uh, world? Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion and that you learned something uh, that you didn't know along the way because we believe it's, it's important to learn something new every week, whether you need to or not. And if you did, uh, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends because word of mouth is the best kind of advertising. And by the way... Uh, we do these podcasts just for you, and if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss, uh, just let us know about it by heading over to our website, cgbros.com, uh, clicking on the About Us tab, and, and then uh, down to Ask Us Anything, uh, just like Quint did. Well, we're always looking to improve our podcasts, and I just had a brain fart. Can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember uh, Ringling College of Art and Design. What an idiot. Uh, apologize uh, for that, but uh, we want to make it more interesting, and, and uh, sometimes we mess up uh, because it's live, and that's just the way we do it, and, we, and you guys get to hear it all, so the good, the bad, and the ugly. So leave us a comment below, and if you do, no guarantees, there's a good chance we'll read it during one of our future podcasts and mention you by name. Um, we bring you a new cutting-edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week, where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, and other cool and interesting related topics. You can also find audio versions of our podcast on all the major audio podcast podcast platforms as well. And if you haven't checked out the CG Bros YouTube channel, what's, what are you waiting for? Go for it. It's uh, your front row seat for some amazing short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Make sure you, when you go there, subscribe. Um, and you also find some really cool VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes and making of as well. Yes, and we can't wait to see you here again uh, for next week's podcast, uh, where we'll be answering another question submitted by a, a fan. Uh, next week's podcast is, what does a concept artist do? That's, you know, that's something we get a lot of questions about that, uh, and it's an imperative and, and, and uh, crit critical part of creating any type of uh, digital work. So uh, join us for that. That, that. That'll be something you don't want to miss. Yep, we'll see you next time. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how can I create my own CGI world? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd love to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future broadcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell 
for instant notification when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what does a concept artist do? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2325 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.